And good evening, Merav Rabbi And let us continue here in the last couple of reasons for why we have Rosh Vatevloi. That's what the Chavazov is trying to explain. We're up to the last two reasons. So we began number reason number five last night. But let's uh, begin this evening with that as well. Vyeshatiya. And it could be the reason why Kodesh Baruch Hu allows a Russia to have a comfortable life and a prosperous life with goodness and wealth or power is something that his father had done previously and on that account there's still left over in the bank account as we explained last night that that could also accrue to the children as well. And because of the Maisim Tevim, because of the mitzvah that the father had done, that gives the right to be made to Bavuri. On account of the father, the son then is able to benefit from that reward. And then he brings an example from Yehu ben Nimshi. That Maisa in Sefer Malachim is that Achav was one of the kings who were known as a great Russia, a his wife, Izevel, perhaps was even worse than him, and the two of them had the Nevi'eh Habal, they had hundreds and hundreds of false prophets, they killed out all the Nevi'eh Emes, they killed out hundreds of Nevi'eh Emes, Ivadia saved 100 of them, 50 in one cave, 50 in another cave, but otherwise, Achav, aside, aside from the fact of worshipping Avedazorah and promoting Avedazorah, he even killed out any Navi that spoke in the name of Hashem. So, finally, this person, Yehu, Yehu ben Nimshi, in a devious way, in a slick way, came in and killed Achav. He killed Achav, and through that, he put an end to Omri, who was Achav's father, and Achav and Achav's two sons. So sort of four people in that family, he was able to obliterate finally, and because of that great heroic act, he was paid back, that his descendants, the Yehudim ben Imshi, was said, b'nei revim, al Yisrael, that you'll have four descendants who will be able to sit on the throne. Instead of the four kings who were Rishayim, we're going to have your four descendants who are going to be sit on the throne. Now, why is Yehu a Russia? Because the truth of the matter is, Yehu himself was Ebed Aved Zara. At first, he, he sort of used it as a ploy to be able to get in to Achav's palace. He said he's also Aved Zara, and he was wrong. Chazal fault him for that. In the end, he himself did Aved Zara. But even so, even though he was a Russia himself, but because he did a Maisetayv, he's deserving of Schar, and even though his children also were not great people, but they were able to get the reward. But the Mashkiach, he is, or Gesundsein, was Madaik, an interesting word in Chavis of Abbas. He says, Veyeshetia lechesed shekodam oviv. Why is it only a chesed? Could have been any good deed. No? We've been discussing earlier, let's say, a Russia, he was a Russia all his life, but he answered once, Amen, in the proper way. So he deserves schar, so he gets schar in this world. So why does it have to be only chesed? Why is it fishtitiyah le chesed shekodamoviv? Sayyidim Mashkir explained that it seems 
that it's only something indeed that we know is in a unique, unique category where the reward for this particular mitzvah is not only in the next world, where all reward is really coming to a person, as the Gemara tells us in Kedushin, schar mitzvah, reward for mitzvahs, Baha'i Alma, in this world, Leka. It's not really here. V'chai Bahem is in Eilam All the reward is really due in Eilam Hashem allows us to get what we call schar, just to facilitate to do more, but in terms of actual reward payment for mitzvahs, that's in the next world. But there are a category of mitzvahs that can be paid even in this world. And that's the Mishnah we say every single morning. A Mishnah paya. Then elu dvarim shadam oichel and boilam so there's a category of mitzvahs that Hashem says, these mitzvahs have reward both in this world and the next world. What's unique about these mitzvahs? So what are they? Bringing peace between husband and wife, bringing peace between friends. All in yonim of chesed. All in yonim ben adam and the Rosh writes on that Mishnah, the Rosh writes that we see from here that Hakadosh Baruch Hu chafetz b'mitzvah sheben adam lachaveray yoiser mi b'mitzvah sheben adam lamokim. You see from this Mishnah, says the Rosh, that you see Hakadosh Baruch Hu prefers chafetz; he desires a person to be engaged in a mitzvah ben adam lachaveray things that benefit other people more than. Mitzvahs ben Adam Lamokri. There's a whole piece in a Maimir in the, the Kovitz Mamorim for a Bolchon of Asimin. That he says, one second, what about the last words of that Mishnah? The Talmateira, Kineget Kulam. Talmateira. What does Talmateira have to do with ben Adam Lachavere? That's a person in a Kodesh Bog who he's learning. It's between him and Hashem. So he elaborates over there why that is. First of all, learning Torah, that itself brings greatness, brings Shefa to the world, brings abundance to the world, in as much as, like the Nefesh HaChaim says, as much Torah learning there is in the world, that's how much Hashem will give you, bring goodness to the world. So certainly anybody learning Torah, and the higher he's learning Torah, is the more Lashma, the more the Shefa Min HaShemayim is coming on account of that person, the more time he's learning, the Shefa comes, as Rav Chaim Famously writes in Evershachaim, if there would be one split second that there is no learning of Torah in the world, in an instant, kerega, in an instant, in a moment, the world would turn into nothingness. There has to be, in order for the world to exist, there has to be Torah learning. That's why it's brought that Rukhaim Velazhin used to make in his yeshiva that there were always 24 hours learning. They used to have shifts, shifts that there would always be, there would always be someone in the base medrash learning. Even on Matzayim Kibber, where he says everybody's running out of shul, everybody's going to get a bite to eat, he would have dedicated people to stay in the base medrash and wait and fa- break that fast later. So there should be never a moment of not Torah learning. So we see from here that Torah learning is what causes the world to exist. Obviously that's Beinodom Lachavere as well. This is not just something we're doing for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It benefits all mankind. But what's unique about this list of mitzvahs, the Gemara already tells us the Kedushin, that this is what's said, Toiv Lamokoim 
And since this is both Tevla Shamayim and Tevla Briyos, we see that when you talk about a category of mitzvahs which benefit other people, mitzvahs benadam lachaveiroi, the reward is not only in the next world, which is mitzvahs benadam lachmokoim, but mitzvahs that help other people, the reward is in this world as well. So based on that, that's going to be the pshat here. The v'yeshetia lechesed, because this person, this Rosh, did a chesed. Oh, it's a chesed, that means it's in the category, but not la chaveiroi. Therefore, there's a whole bank bank account that has to be paid off in this world. Beside for the schar and This is a big question, philosophically, how the Chavetz Chaim asked this in, in the Shem Olam. How could it be that if there's a separate reward for this world and a separate for the next world, how could you ever pay a Russia solely in this world, like we learned earlier, and not have any reward reward in the next world? Even though that was just talking about mitzvahs that he did, let's say he said an Amen. That doesn't benefit anybody else. That's Tevla Shamay, that he gets through Schar in the next world. But how could the two schars sort of be paid off the different currencies? No, it's for a different time we'll mention it maybe. But here we see that there's mitzvahs that get paid in this world. So, the fact that this Rasha did a mitzvah of chesed, he has a certain amount of rewards still to be paid off in this world. Based on that, that's how you can have the children of this Rasha, who themselves are Rishayim. Or even if the person was a tzaddik, but his children are Rishayim, why are they getting schar? The answer is because of all the chesed that this father had done. That doesn't really work with Yehu. Yehu doesn't seem to be, at least not directly, a mitzvah that was beram lechavei. wasn't a chesed. He was killing out Achav, killing out Ovid Amedizara. Yes, indirectly, it certainly benefited the other people, the other Yidin. Maybe he just means to say that you see this concept that someone's son or sons could be paid back for the good deeds that he did. Not necessarily that it would work for this Russia. He's just using it as an example that one's children can get the reward of the father. As he brings the next passage in Mishmei, Mishalech betumai tzadik, a tzadik who goes betmimus, he goes with wholesomeness before Hashem, ashrei bonav acherov, fortunate and happy as his sons afterwards, because they also reap the benefit. That David HaMelech says, I have gone through life, I'm already an old man, I've never seen a tzaddik forsaken, and his children have to seek bread. They don't have to go around asking for handouts, seeking bread. One shot is because they have what they need that's the minimum. They don't live lavishly, but they never because they learn to live with being just having the necessities of life. And finally, the last reason of why it could be that a Russia would have it good and a tzaddik would have it bad, and this reason really encompasses both the tzaddik varale and the Russia of Tevla. Says the Chavis of Abbas Vyeshati it's really there just to be a test for Anche Atarmis, which means devious people. People on externally it seems that they're doing mitzvahs, they're they're coming to shul they're putting on to fill in. They seem to be shame reiteru mitzvahs. They seem to be doing what you're supposed to do, living by by the book, living by the dinei But they really, 
But really inside, inside, they have evil thoughts. Inside, they're not really believing in what they're doing. They're not, they're not doing it for any right reasons. And what does Hashem want to test them for? So these type of people, Hashem says, let me see what happens if I let a Russia, someone who's not keeping the Torah, if I let him be successful, I let him prosper. Let's see how it will affect these sort of these people who just do things by rote, but deep down they don't believe in it and they're not doing it for the right reasons. When they see this Russia, who is going away, veering off of doing Hashem, so they say, you know what? We're going to join that team now. We seem to, we're doing all of these things. We don't see any great benefit in this world. You know, we've been waiting for the for the pot of gold to turn up in our house. I haven't seen that. And I see this guy who doesn't uh, keep Shabbos, doesn't keep uh, uh, laws of Arias, doesn't keep the laws of... I see he's, uh, he's very happy. He seems to be very successful. So they defect over to that side. They say, this is not working, you know. Whatever the rabbi told me to do, I say this is not working. So they defect over to this rush and said, let me hear from him, let me learn from his ways. Maybe he can teach me a thing or two, I'll be as successful as he is. And then in the end of the day, then at the end it will be clear who's really the defector of Hashem, who's really not interested in Hashem. And will also be clear and be seen who is the one who is faithful and loyal in his Avedas Hashem. How? When he tolerates when the wicked control him, when the wicked have the upper hand. And not only do they have the upper hand, they embarrass him. They put him down. They disgrace him. Like the the marshal the Tiferes Yisrael, the Mishnahis writes, you have the yeshiva man. He's learning, he learns in the yeshiva all day, he learns in Kerl all day, he's in the base Medrash. And then he comes out, and the other people who would, don't find the way, don't make the way to base Medrash, they poke fun at him. Oh, here's the bench quetcher. Oh, let's see what he's done for the world lately. And this person has to tolerate it. He has to be savalit, this tzaddik. And Hashem does it sometimes just for the fact that other people will see, hey, let's look at the difference over here. Whose side should we be on? You know? who Who's who's being more successful? Who does it appear like is being more successful? And it's just to put them up to the test. And at the end of the day, and the tzaddik, who is quiet, who withstands, who takes the brunt of the embarrassment, the disgrace, and doesn't answer back, and sometimes a good who just sets up this whole system. Indeed, that it shouldn't be clear that a tzaddik always has a good and the rush always has a bad. Sometimes Hashem just turns the table on purpose. That he should always have us looking. We don't know what's what's the right way. Is the tzaddik really going to be the one who's going to prosper in the end? This looks like the, weak, the wicked ones are. Like we mentioned, the Zevil Acha's wife before, that she was terrible. What she tried to do with Eliyahu Novi, and she and Achav they called Eliyahu Novi. They they embarrassed him. They called him, "Oh, I'm Ata Oicher Yisrael. Are you the one who's the the dirty Jew?" Basically, they said, "Are you the Oicher Yisrael? Are you the dirty one amongst Klal Yisrael?" That's what they said to him. 
So Eliyahu Novi, could you imagine? Eliyahu Novi, the great tzaddik, the great Novi, he has to hear this disgrace. You don't have to go further than Moshe Rabbeinu, who had to hear insult after insult from Kairach, from Dosan, and Aviram. That's the way it is, even with the great tzaddikim. And Hashem does it sometimes just, let's see. Let's see where the people are going to follow. They're going to follow Kairach, because he seems to be the the one who uh, has the charisma. He seems to be the one who's going to be successful. Moshe Rabbeinu, he's an honor. He's, of course, he's a leader, but he's very humble. And in the end, Hashem just puts us out to the test sometimes. See, who are we going to follow? Which side are we going to go to? Like we find by Elio Mizevel, certainly Yermio, who lived at a time where it was a spiral downward until the Churban Beis Amigdash, the Bayis Rishon, he was trying to give them Musr time and again. And what they do? They embarrassed him. They threw him out. Yoyakim threw him in prison even. So all the kings of his generation disgraced him. And Hashem sometimes does that just to be able to benefit that the tzaddik will get even greater reward and the Anshe Resha, those who really were sort of on the fence, they really weren't doing mitzvahs with a great conviction. He has to test them out to see if they'll defect at a time when it seems the Rishoyim are prospering. So here we have basically five reasons why it's possible that the tzaddik could be bad, have a hard and difficult life, even though it wouldn't make sense according to the theory of those of others, but each one is a different reason. And five different reasons for the Russia why Hashem would give him good in this world, even though it seems like he shouldn't deserve it. And one last reason which encompasses both tzaddik v'raloi, Russia v'toivloi, for the schar for the tzaddik and the challenge for the anshe doirei. This is the end, concludes this little segment of Chavis Avavis, why of Tzadik Varalei Rosh Vatoivloi. And in Ritzah Shamir to this, he goes into another interesting fundamental shita, an opinion, a great understanding, a fundamental understanding of that's unique to Chavis Avavis. In Ritzah Shamir, we'll see that tomorrow evening.